congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, often after an eventful day, when you come home, you or your spouse or your children would say, what a day. So it was on Easter Sunday. And what a day it was. It started so sad. In the morning they woke up and it dawned on them, yesterday was not a dream. He is no longer there. He's gone, the master. It was always about him. Everything was about him. And wherever he was, there was life. But now it's all over. It's gone. He's dead. That's how the day started. But then the shock, the surprise. He is not gone. There he is. The master standing in their midst. They should have known this. Peace to you. I wish peace to you. Indeed, what a day. That first Easter Sunday. At least when you were there. The day to never forget. But will you experience, experience such a day also today? Sure, maybe your Sunday didn't start so sad. Although there are enough people in the church who know the deep grief of he or she is no longer there. It's hard, especially on a Sunday. But who made your day turn into a day of happiness, of gladness? Is the joy of that day 2,000 years ago locked up in one single day? A day somewhere in the past? No, because He is here. He who is our life. Peace be with you, also sounded today. And peace also for the rest of the week. And not to forget the promise of a day of eternal joy and peace. Who would not want to enjoy that day? And the day is coming, guaranteed. There is a guarantee that you will experience a day from the Lord. Maybe you do not often think about it. But there's a day that catches that promise. Today, Sunday, is that day. He has conquered death on the first day of the week. He has the keys of life. And He prepares the final day. Every Sunday reminds us of those miraculous facts. And so I preach to you the gospel of our resurrected Lord as we confess it in Lord's Day 17 as follows. Christ has the keys of life. First, what a day. What a day it was, that Sunday. Maybe you do not always realize it. You woke up this morning. It's Sunday again. Hmm, I wonder who's preaching. And I'm saying that's a wrong question to ask. 
But it's not the most important question, beloved. Because it's Sunday. And you come into the church. And then you pay attention to the greeting. Grace to you and peace. Sometimes you hear the Lord's greeting to you mindlessly. And then you sit down again. My beloved, remember, grace for you, to you, and peace from the firstborn from the dead, that defines your day. This day. And don't forget to, to see the pierced hands accompanying this greeting. No, not mine, but our Lord's, the Master. He is looking at you as he looked at his disciples that day. And what was his first words? Peace be with you. And I know that was a customary Israelite greeting, Jewish greeting. Shalom, peace. A greeting for every day, for every person. A beautiful way of greeting, by the way. But you only say that once to each other. But note in our text, Jesus said it again. Peace to you. Grace to you and peace from the firstborn from the dead. You see what's happening here, congregation? On that day, that first Easter Sunday, He's handing out grace. Also peace. He has conquered death by His resurrection and gives them and also us his peace. God says at Easter, indeed, the debt has been fully paid. Just look at those blessing hands. They were nailed to the cross. But the blood that flowed, God has accepted as satisfaction, as complete. So it's clear, congregation. That there is a lot to share on that day. Especially acquittal of sin. Guilty people like you and me are declared righteous. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And thus Jesus came to his disciples. No condemnation for you. Peace to you. Look at my hands. Look at my side. Indeed, what a day that was. And immediately, beloved, it became clear that this is the day of the Lord. And it becomes a day that would repeat itself ever since, week in, week out. And every time the Lord greets you, greets His people, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And that is how they are sent over the world. Go, disciples. Go and share that peace. And from that moment on, every week begins with a day of the proclamation of peace. The day of the Lord. From then on, every Sunday church service starts with grace and peace to you. As contains every letter of Paul. And the other apostles. Now, beloved, we may assume that, that this is what 
the Apostle John had been thinking about when he was imprisoned on Patmos, the island in the Mediterranean Sea. And he was sitting there on the day of the Lord. He writes in, in the beginning of, of Revelation. In fact, he should have been standing somewhere on the pulpit. But he was in prison because he spoke about God and about Christ. But congregation, then you see that it is really the day of the Lord. Because he appears to John on that day. And his face shines like the brightest sun. His eyes like coals, burning coals, fiery, piercing through everything. His feet like brass, refined brass. He is the living one. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Revelations 1.18. This is how he presented himself to John. The one with the keys. The one who can claim true victory. Because he who has the keys is the boss. He was in prison. He was death. But he opened the prison from inside. And therefore those keys were given to him. In future, no one will enter or exit death without his will. Death has become his door, his servant. He conquered it for us to share in his victory. And for John, his servant on the island of Patmos. And now, now John, who was silenced by the Roman authority... As preacher, need to take up his pen. He had to put his pen on paper. Write the things which you have seen and the things which are and the things which will take place after this. The Lord tells him in verse 19. And write to the congregation. Tell them what will happen. Tell them what I think about them. How I feel about them. What I paid for them. And indeed, a few Sundays later, the congregation of Ephesus met. There's a letter from the living God, written with John's ink. What a Sunday it must have been for that congregation. Hearing, to him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Revelations 2, 7. Indeed. The first joyful Easter Sunday continued. It's here. We heard His voice. In congregation, thousands of Sundays later, the congregation also meets here. And there is also a letter from the living one. He who was dead but lives. Peace to you. And grace to you. That means that where his word is proclaimed, he is there. And when he is there, there is life. My beloved brother and sister, do you still hear it when you sit in church? Grace to you and peace of the firstborn from the dead. 
Where he is, there is life. And he's here. What a day. Also, what a week. Our second point. What a day. Yes, sometimes there is a Sunday on which you realize this is the day of the Lord. But what about the Monday? Often, it's a shocker. It's being flat out. If it wasn't for coffee. And then, the Sunday seems like far away, long ago. How did that happen? Well, beloved, there could be different reasons. One can be that we absorb so little of the gospel on Sunday to be able to take it with us in the week. To many churchgoers, Sunday is the ref's day. And then you sit back and you watch and see how he performs and what he makes of it. Big chances that you then miss the most important thing of that day. It's the day of the Lord. He comes to you. Don't forget that. When He appears, He appears to you, to His flock. You can't then see how He performs or what He makes out of it. Now, when He appears to you in the proclamation of the gospel and with His Spirit in your midst, you can no longer remain a spectator. Because where He is, there is life, new life. And you will notice that too. He says, I have the keys. The keys of death. That means that you are released from the bondage of sin and of death. As you sit here in the church. And sure, you will notice it. Also on Monday and Tuesday and up to Saturday. That's what they noticed there in Ephesus. In their city, they were originally in bondage. Tied to pagan religion, captivated to idolatry, literally fascinated by the bling blong, the bling bling of the materialism. And then the gospel of the living one arrived in this city by his servants, the apostles, or rather, rather, the Lord himself arrived. He who is amidst the seven golden lampstands and he gathered and he established for himself a church in that city and some time later they heard him i was dead and behold i am alive forevermore and i have the keys and he liberates them and he sets them free from bondage he breaks the chains of idolatry and then something happens and the congregation comes to life and beloved, on Sundays we hear the gospel of Christ too. What a day. What, what a, the, the day of the Lord. The day where living waters flows abundantly. But you know what? On Monday He's still there. And we are still freed from idolatry. Because where He is, there is life. New life. This is how the people experienced it in Ephesus. The resurrected can't be locked up in some day of the past. It wasn't some story that they heard from someone about Easter Sunday in Jerusalem. No, He's here now. 
And he has got the keys. I have the keys, he says. And therefore, do you hear the appeal of my words, my children? Is there still room for me in your life tomorrow and on Tuesday? Or do you allow yourself to be locked up again tomorrow? Are you again going to be fascinated by your idol tomorrow or on Saturday? Or caught up by satanic or worldly temptations? The Lord is here. And His gospel cannot be locked up in one day. Not on Easter day, not on the Sunday. Not even on the very first beginning of the week. Because when He comes to us here on Sunday, it is because He wants to join us for the rest of the week. Or rather, He wants us to join Him from Monday to Saturday. And you will notice it. I have the keys, he says triumphantly. Your life was in bondage, locked up by the old man in you. And that's what Satan does. And he often manages to catch all our attention and completely entertains us by screens and books and sports and hobbies. Or handcuff up, handcuffed us by our favorite celebrity, sports hero, or computer game. Or fascinated by our own desires. Slave of what we find important, or beautiful, or tasty. Caught in our own drift from Monday to Saturday. Of course you read the Bible and you pray every day. But besides that, Then Christ comes to you and he says, I will release you. I allowed myself to be handcuffed, even nailed to the cross, so that you could go free to serve me in all freedom. I have the keys. Your life is no longer locked up. And imagine what this means, congregation. I'm no longer a slave. I'm no longer trapped in my evil desires. I'm no longer fascinated by worldly things. Nothing less than a new life begins. What a day when I realize that my passion does not control me anymore. What a week when I notice that the Lord's grace and peace controlled my Monday till Saturday. Doesn't a new life then starts for us every day? Because He is there, and where He is, there is life. And He's here today. And He goes with us tomorrow. In fact, He's already waiting for you on Monday. And every day He is near you. And every day His Spirit makes your life new. Peace to you. Maybe someone now says... I wish this was true, Riff. But it's not like that. I mean, just, just look at the congregation of Ephesus. There they have left. There they have given up their first love. Where, where is that new life? Yes, that is true. It's true, as the Lord could say, I can also remove your lambstand from its place. 
The light had already become a lot less bright in your midst, he said to them. The new life became somewhat extinguished. And how could this happen? Well, it can't be the Lord's fault. Because where he is, life is offered. But what did they do with this offer of light and life? What do you do with the light, the life of thankfulness preached and offered to you? And not only on Sundays, but also on Mondays. When God speaks peace and grace to us, we can't sit back filling our glass and drinking as if we are disabled. No, when you embrace it, when you embrace the grace and the peace, when you embrace the life-giving gospel, the Sunday is not a strange day anymore. And the worship service is not the ref's show. Then it will become your favorite day to spend with the Lord. Just as all the other days of the week. That's what Jesus', Jesus disciples experienced. It was always about Him. And where He was, there was life. And whether it was Sabbath or another weekday, where He was, death had to back off. Where He was, sin was battled. People resisted bloodshed, striving against sin. Hebrews 12 verse 4. Where He was, life flourished. Yes, there was resistance, but it didn't change the life that He gave where He was. And that's what He wants to be for us too, Sunday and Monday to Saturday. If you listen to Him on Sundays, you just can't ignore Him on Mondays. Because then you renounce your first love as they did in Ephesus. Love the Lord only for one day a week, that's not His idea. There's too much at stake. Love Him every day. And therefore, fight every day to hear what the Spirit says to the church. Battle for it. Because it is a battle. It doesn't come naturally or when you feel like it. The new life is not given to you on a, on a silver platter, as if you are served in a restaurant. He has overcome, but we still have to overcome. And that's why, beloved, we need to stay close to Him today, tomorrow, and the day after tomorrow. Consider this coming week that you stay with Him. Start every day with Him. Even if it's just a brief prayer and one Bible verse to ponder on while you're on your way to work. Make room for Him first. And you will notice it. You will see how your new life will be blossoming. Already now. That's why you receive the grace and the peace. Because where He is, there is life. And He's in your life. That's how you survive a week. And then your what a week gets a new meaning.
because in the middle of that every day, the small parts of paradise emerges. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it's different because He rules every day, all my days. In fact, we can say to one another every morning, today is the day of the Lord. And we can say that until we may say, what a day of the Lord. That's our third point. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. That's the message the congregation in Ephesus could also hear. It was read to them. The tree of life in paradise. As you would know, no one could touch that anymore. No one has access. It was guarded by an angel with a sword or not. The road to life was blocked. Everyone knows that. And every person feels that and will one day face death or not. Each one of us will experience the deepest point of human existence, won't we? No, beloved. We can't say it like that. And we don't have to. Because he has felt it. The lowest point of human existence. He descended into hell, we confess. And that's why death is nothing more than a door. Yes, it is sad for those who stay behind. They are still in this life. But for those who enter, it's the way to get rid of all your sins. And to be with your Lord personally. To eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. Congregation, do you know what that means? It means that paradise is open and will be open again. That God will live with people like He did with Adam and woman. What a day it will be. The day that has always been called the day of the Lord. The prophets spoke about this for centuries. And Jesus reminded his followers about this day and say the same to the apostles. Do you trust that this day will come? Sometimes you're not ready for it. Or you don't feel ready for it. Far too busy in your life to have time for this day. Or totally engulfed with misery to even think that this day will come. In the morning when you wake up, sometimes also when you wake up in the middle of the day because you're just too tired. But do you still fall down at his feet? Look how John fell down as dead before Christ's feet. Easter is reaching way above our human possibilities, higher than our expectations. 
Often we expect so little of the miracle of God who redeems. And then your life seems locked up. Or you choose to lock up yourself in your own little world to avoid pain and people. But beloved, do you know what you should do? Remember the greeting from Christ in the beginning of the service. Grace to you and peace from the firstborn of the dead, the firstborn, the first one to conquer death. More will come after him. You too. And that's why the first Easter day can never be the last resurrection day. Many will follow, Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5. Each one at the time set for him, Christ first, and then when he comes to those who belong to him. And therefore, just say to yourself, after the first day, after the first one, more will follow. The first fruit promises the entire harvest. I don't have to be locked up in my little world. I may live free. I may long for that day. And what a day that will be. The day of the Lord. Paradise open again. And we all eating from the tree of life together with Adam and Eve, with Enoch and David, with Peter and Paul, together with all our brothers and sisters, also those ones, the ones who are ready in heaven, together with Christ. Because He is here. Because He is here, there is life, new life, also for you. It is Sunday. He is here. Grace and peace to you. Tomorrow we'll see him again. Amen.